You're listening to the <sighs> Psy Brothers. Hey, and welcome back to the Psy Brothers podcast. This week, we're going to talk about a few things cybersecurity related. So, well, let's get straight into it. First thing uh, on, on today's topic list is passwords, because it's a very easy way to get in um, into cyber anyway. It's the, it's the first step. Okay, so first thing this week, we're going to talk about passwords. Um, it's a good entry point for everyone, because we all use them every day, pretty much. Um, and it's a good entry point for hackers. Ooh, hackers are scary. Yeah, we'll talk about them a lot a little bit later. <laughs> with the hoods up, oh, is that why you're dressed like with that? a green keyboard? Is that, is that why you're dressed like Mr. Robot? Uh, well, like it's in your bloody hoodie. freezing in my flat. It's bloody freezing. So well, that's, that's the only reason. December for you, isn't it? It is. So and the it's... thing, I, my my main beef with passwords is when they like force you to have twelve different characters, and you've got to have two uppercase letters two lowercase letters a special character three numbers but they can't all be touching and yeah, yeah how are you supposed to remember that without a password manager right now a bit early again i think password manager is probably one of the easiest reasonable ways to have safe passwords because then you only need to remember one um but there are other methods um so do you have a go-to are you a password manager kind of guy I am. Um, ever since I started work, they gave me a password manager for all of our stuff. We've got vaults on one password. Um, so, yeah, I'm saving everything. And, you know, when I leave the company, I will buy the account off them or <laughs> transition it across to my payment. But or you'll it's be a screwed. lifesaver, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't log into anything anymore. I have a similar story. So, I, uh, I use my work one, we use LastPass. Um, and. I saved a bunch of stuff in there just because they were like, you can use your private one like just for whatever you want. It's being paid for. It doesn't matter. Separate vaults. Um, so I put in there the password to my router right? because I was doing some admin, port forwarding, Minecraft servers, all that kind of stuff. And then I went on furlough and lost access to everything from work. So I had that situation without any notice of passwords that you've been saving nah you can't use those for three months what? So wait so why did your access get revoked in furlough because you're not allowed to be able to work on anything so you've got to like there's no way for me to access any client work there's no way for me to do any work for the business sure the only thing i was allowed was <clears throat> sorry uh, i was allowed some like access to learning software and websites sure. and training and stuff like that yeah uh, you can use it for training but you're not allowed to do anything work-wise sure well it, it comes back to this well not the password manager but uh, on a unrelated note the there's a twitter called pw2strong or password2strong which is just a an account where people send in login screens like you said of where it's too difficult yeah we need essentially either blocking out password managers from doing it going why are these what random limits where you it has to be between 14 and 28 characters that these generators password generators can't account for and then there's other stuff like you can't use like escaping characters like forward slashes and backslashes which means they're not sanitizing their passwords um and then they also branch out into where people ask for password resets and instead of uh, some companies resetting passwords they send your password 
in plain text to your email. Do you want to <laughs> know just... an interest? Speaking of sanitizing passwords, I play uh, old school RuneScape, dibble in and out. Like I'm not too too into it at the moment, but um, sure. they don't have case sensitive passwords. You could type your password in with caps lock and you'll get in. Why? And like, that's they're known for their lack of security, to be honest. It's a game from 2007 and it feels like security hasn't had an upgrade. But um, yeah, <laughs> like one of my friends lost everything recently. Like, and he was like, he was hardcore in the game, like front page yeah. high scores sort of deal. Like, well, I think he was top 100 Iron Men, like completely wiped everything he had. Bloody hell. Yeah. I guess you become a target when you're getting onto those leaderboards and all that. Well, kind of yeah, stuff. that's that that's exactly brutal. it. But like, if you, like, you're not supposed to, obviously, you can't sell your, your money in game for sure. real world currency. But if you did, like, you could value that account at like in the thousands. Like, well, yeah. probably way over. Like, it'd be like 10 grand for the whole account sort of thing. Yeah. Um, just based on how long it would take. It's crazy, man. All just taken away because they don't have any. They've only got an authenticator, but they don't have a delay on removing it. So if you can get past it, like once, you can just remove it, remove it, and there's no thirty day delay while you can regain access and confirm it or cancel it. Just straight away. So you can just you can just get straight through, yeah, um, <laughs> with your non case sensitive password. Well, essentially halving the the probability that someone can guess. Well, doubling the probability that someone can it's, guess your password. It's more than doubling though because it's factorial. Because you could have, it's not every other character. There's no pattern to it, so it's more than double. Yeah, it's it's doubling the character potential, which increases the what's it? Um, oh, it's brute force rainbow tables. Oh yeah, but there's a cool. It's like the half life. It's you know like a chemicals oh, sure. degrade. It's there's a fancy word like that. But yeah, it's increasing the possible passwords by so much more than just two, because it's timesing to the available characters. Which means that it's then 24, uh, not 24, it's 40, 52 instead of 27 factorial, which is infinitely more. Like, getting <laughs> flashbacks to maths in first year. The best way to visualize, like, the factorial, like, concept, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's say two factorial is two times one, three factorial is three times two times one. So it's all the numbers below it times together. So the way. The way I like to visualize that kind of concept is the chessboard puzzle. So Greek myths, everyone's heard of Daedalus and Icarus. Is this the rice one? Everyone's heard of Icarus. It is the rice one. It's a good one. Um, Icarus, who flew too close to the sun with his wings and died, his dad was a like a massive, mad, mad inventor. Um, and to capture him, the government released like this puzzle that only he could solve. So he comes along and solves it and they go, right, what do you want as your reward? And he's like one grain of rice for the first square of a chessboard but every square following double it and by the end of the chessboard there's more grains of rice than there is grains of sand on the planet because one times well one two four eight sixteen it's like binary straight away um mm. 64 digits times 64 keep going so it's 64 factorial which tell you what let's get the calculator up Oh man, does this have factorial on it? Because otherwise I'm going to look like a tool. Cannot divide by zero? It literally just says that. What if you put 64 times? Hold on. No, I just I pressed a button and I wasn't sure what it did. Okay, so it's 1.2688 times 10 to the power of 89. <laughs> so, 
So it's it's like one with ninety zeros. Eighteen quintillion four hundred and forty-six quadrillion seven hundred and forty-four trillion seventy-three billion seven hundred and seven hundred nine million five hundred fifty-one thousand six hundred and fifty. By adding capital letters to your password, you increase the number of options for variations factorially. Yeah. Or, I don't know, what. there's probably a better word for that. Sorry, mathematicians, we're computer scientists. <laughs> um, so adding that extra 27 possible characters is almost mind-blowing because that's like half of that number. The fact that they just don't have it. And that also puts into context, like, what's the point in adding a special character? Because that only adds one character to the list. Well... I suppose in that case, it's directly to combat rainbow tables and hash codes where the list of the 200,000 most popular passwords is sort of pumped through. And if you've got, a ca well, capitalization's a bit of a funny one because 90% of people, the one capital letter they need is at the very start of their password. Or the end. So it doesn't really, sometimes, yeah. But I think there was a statistic out where the vast majority, the first cap letter is capitalized and the rest is lowercase. My first character that is a character is capital. You're right. But hash codes and rainbow tables, if you want to do it, I'm not going to give an explanation, lock it up. But it's essentially a um, piece of uh, data, a piece of um, data that can be turned into, like, passed into software like Jack the Ripper or, you know, password breaches like that that allow you to quickly hit a login screen with the most common passwords and variations of so if you've got a password manager where it's usually like three or four english words separated by dashes it's not gonna get hit if you've got a couple of special characters you're fairly safe unless it's an exclamation mark at the put at the end which is the most common special character used um and stuff like that so i guess that's what it's trying to stop but well does that not put the responsibility to stop that on the user rather than they, them implementing a solution for it. So, for example, if you wanted to stop people trying a bunch of passwords from a page, you rate limit your site. They can't run through this table. They can't run through all these common passwords if you're allowed five requests an hour or yeah. five requests every 20 minutes even. Like, that slows you down so much and it wouldn't that necessarily kind of ruin you. Like, if you get your bank pin wrong three times, they shut you out. You just you're out. That's it. You yes. got to ring the bank. Like I'm saying, just time. And if you have so many false requests, which a variable the user could set maybe within a certain time frame, then email me and let me know that my account is you know under threat. Yeah, it's putting a lot of responsibility for account security that is system based on the user. Mm. Like to me, that's a system vulnerability, not a user vulnerability. Yeah, um, and. I, I totally agree. It should be the responsibility of the site to be like, the all workarounds that these softwares have been using going. If it comes from different IPs, some places don't recognize it as like a thing. So they hit it with four attempts from one location, VPN, another four. Right. Slows them down, but not massively. Um, but the a lot of the breaches have come on sites that don't usually have secure, like, precious data as it were they have like you know it's neopets or it's yeah. Club penguin or it's xyz i've been hacked on neopets <laughs> exactly. but the same password and email is what's used on the actual secure sites so yeah. the the onus on the user is to go 
you know, I can't just use the same password for everything because if one of these sites that doesn't really care about security or the information that they might lose, loses this info, suddenly I've lost me, you know, premium bonds, you know. Yeah, that so kind of that kind of thing is on the user. So if, say, it's a low, like, what's, what's a good word? Low value, low payload website. Sure. Um, say, like Neopets, where you can only really get their email and password. There's no yeah. direct paying, like payment information or whatever. Then, then that's a user issue because the system that they then use that information to break into. Like, obviously, you're not going to put super high tech, like security infamous stuff on Club Penguin. RuneScape doesn't have it, so why would Club Penguin? Club Penguin's dead. <laughs> it's gone anyway. It, that's the reason. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Penguin. Uh, for for Andy's twentieth birthday, I got him a Club Penguin game. You did you on got the me. on the DS. 20, was it twenty first? I don't know. It was. I remember being in DT when I gave you it. I've still got the case. I could actually run off and get it now. I've I've still got it. <laughs> the case. You threw away the game, I've, but I kept that case. <laughs> game got used as a game chip in um like a counter in Munchkin. Oh, so it's in the Munchkin box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Munchkin. Um, uh, anyway, what we were, as we were saying, um, yeah, the responsibility of the user to have unique passwords is, again, the best way, like we say, is LastPass. But yeah. would you would you ever write a password down? I have done, but in kind of pseudo-English. So, like, right. I have... So it's the last three digits on this card combined with this card. So my password's always in my wallet. Not not quite. <laughs> like, I, I have uh, a booklet somewhere in my house that has um, the name of the website and then a shorthand version of the password, e.g. Something that will remind you. Ex- exactly. It's the, uh, like, reminder thing you get on Windows Hint. login. school. Or, exactly. Or, yeah. or um, name of blah. With Mother's maiden the, name. Yeah. What, well, like the, what is your porn star name? It's your date of birth combined with your mother's maiden name combined with the name of your first pet and the street you were born on. And then your blood type. <laughs> if like, anyone wants to reply to those, it's cybrothers at gmail.com. <laughs> Let us know all of your phishing information and we will hack yeah. you. Well, it's like the... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll tell you your porn star name. Sign you up to a Lego newsletter. <laughs> but that was the actual thing that we did in first year of uni that there was a girl in the year above um, and Swan challenged me to reset her Facebook password. Not get onto her account, but to reset her Facebook password. So on Facebook, you type in the email of the person that you want to... You can either type in their username, which is visible. I think they've changed it. Have they? I think so. They should have, because you're about to blow them wide open, if not. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like five years ago, grabbed a username, chucked it in Facebook. It's like, reset password, call, security question, street you lived on when you were 15. And then I quickly created a little graphic that was like your, you know, stripper name that was, you know, name your first You've all seen them. We've all come across them. And the thing is, people don't realize that that's what it is. It's things like your star sign combined with, and it's, it's like even ridiculous ones where it's like adjectives and it's ad lib stories and it's asking for your personal information. You don't realize that's what it's doing. 
But and then there's there's all kinds of stuff like that though, because Facebook itself requests your phone number. Yeah. So your phone number is then public information, pretty much. Your date of birth, and all of this can be used to fish you. Yeah, and with a ph. <laughs> and this is the the talk that I did at the end of university. Like I could have done a dissertation, but I did it on digital footprints. I got the consent of a friend. Um, I won't give his name out because. I've exposed all of his information too much already. Um, and he he let me um, attack him online, essentially, you know, see what was out there, what I could collect on him. And by the end of it, by, you know, at the end of about two hours worth of research, I knew his parents were fairly affluent. I knew his full name, most of his family members, uh, his religion, uh, a couple of posts that, you know, included swear words or were, you know, questionable content that you could send to employees or educational things if you wanted to cancel someone or whatever. Work is so shit today. Or some comment that could be taken in that context. Yeah. And, yeah. Or swear words or, like, young joking words. Like, you know, a lot of people on Twitter back when they would drop in words that have a different meaning now or that kind of stuff like people don't know what's out there um and the sort of the conclusion to the talk was essentially you know there's a lot of data out there google yourself see what people can find see if all of this information you want seen by you know a stranger a future employee your stepfather this kind of stuff and just go if you don't want it there delete your account deactivate it if you forget your password reset it most places you can email and if you're in the europe in the europe not in eu europe. just europe because we're not in the just, eu we're not well we are until sunday apparently but whatever not bitter anyway if you're in europe then you can request with gdpr like your information is like cleared um not necessarily the case for other parts of the world but have you done it yet no because i uh I know about all of this stuff, but it doesn't make me any more cyber secure. <laughs> I don't run an antivirus. Me neither. <laughs> I, I have no McAfee or Norton or anything. I've you know, um, John McAfee or McAfee or whatever. All the controversy aside, I always find really interesting that he released a YouTube video of how to uninstall McAfee because he thinks it's fucking shit. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. It's that it's one of those that's like really commonly packaged with um, new laptops, which get ready for beautiful segue. Oh. Is one of the things we were going to talk about um, cloud storage um, on a new laptop. You are forced to get like a. I need to look into what it is currently, but when I last was shopping for a laptop, it was thirty-two gigabyte hard drive only um, at most. So there were sixteens out there. Like it, it's almost like you were getting a phone. What, hard drive, not RAM? Hard drive, yeah, yeah. So you'd get a really, really small hard drive and then use OneDrive for everything. Now, I'm really, really against forced progression, which is, in my opinion, what like Apple does quite a lot. Um, but they can almost afford to because they have a monopoly on their users, so they can get away with it. But like Windows going, you've got to pay a subscription for your data. That's, that's some... Um, dark pattern right there 
Well, it, it's it's so correlated to shrinkflation that you see so often in uh, you know the shopping atmospheres where you know your Pringle cans a couple centimeters smaller or your Toblerones are an inch wider. Whoa, whoa, whoa Toblerones! This kind of stuff. That wasn't even a little bit. Toblerones was taking the piss. I'm aware. <laughs> oh, that's got to be a little one. I've had a bigger one than that. Yeah, it's a little one, but, but no. But yeah, you're right. The uh, they used to be tri- uh, they used to be pyramids, but now they're little triangles with gaps. Ah, uh, the worst one, Terry's chocolate orange, taking the piss. My I friend. haven't noticed that one. So the segments used to be making a full orange. You whacked it, and you could put it back together, and it would be a full orange, right? right. The segments now are concave both sides. So like, oh, it I didn't even notice in. that. I've so it makes so many of those recently. So the outside's the same thing, but the innards are, like, concave of chocolate. There's, like, a press that, like, pushes the chocolate together. And you're getting, like, so much less chocolate. Like, you've lost a fifth of the chocolate in this thing. And it's, like... That's why you got to get the segment bag. It's cheaper. Is it? Well... Oh, yeah. By gram. Yeah. But like you say with the hard drive, to to bring it back on topic, topic after I've... Well, forcing cloud on us, really. That's the main... Yeah, like... Do you trust the cloud? Well, to, to clarify <laughs> my definition of the cloud, the cloud people have been using for years has only recently been renamed We interrupt this broadcast to get back on topic. someone else's computer. Online it's a server. Yeah. Exactly. And I use the cloud for... I have a basic backup of my phone on the cloud using iCloud. I have all of my photos um, on uh, both Amazon Photo and Google Photos because they both have facial recognition. It's easy to do birthday posts. They're both there. Amazon, of course, have brought out a um, update that means after a certain period, you've sort of been weaned on. It's like this baby milk Nestle scandal that you've been weaned on to using Amazon Photos, and now they're bringing in a subscription charge for every gig that you store on top of it because it used to be free. And of course that's too good to be true. That's puppies in a van kind of yeah. uh, thing. They've roped you in. Well, it's, yeah, we were kind of saying about that's almost like the uh, the hard drives, right? Where they're going... It's fine. You don't need a hard drive anymore. The cloud's here for you, but it's going to be a subscription fee. That you have no control over the charge of. Yeah, and we can ramp that up in six months after you've already bought the computer with no options. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, and it's safe to say I'm against the cloud. What The cloud in general, or the cloud for... Because that laptops are very specific. I think it's useful for transport. That's about it. Um and to a point, you know, you can paying paying for services like web hosting and things. I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but everyday user data doesn't need to be in the hands of giant companies. <laughs> and sure, it's easy enough for them to collect a lot of data on you anyway. And it's just it's a small step. It's my paranoia, I think, but it's it's a small step because it's like Google is harvesting loads of data from me, and then then they've got Google Drive, which is me going. Yo, here's 30 gigs of my personal data. You can have it on your server. Sure. So do you think they're combing this data? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the cynic in me thinks there's some sort of meta-analysis. But I, d- I doubt they're going like super granular because they, they're getting, they, it would have come up because they've gotten in trouble for a few things. Um, yeah. Because they do 
they do push the line. But I I don't I think they might get away with a little bit of meta analysis, like I say, like maybe location data sort of thing. I think I agree with you on that. I think they will be doing top level almost cookie data on, you know, the date that the files are added, the rough location, number of people added, that kind of stuff that isn't super personal in terms of like I don't want that getting out that I'm uploading a Google file between nine and five on weekdays. Yeah, but however, once you've got that a hundred times, there comes some sort of heuristic in the data that tells them. In. So there's a difference between it's. This is a good. I don't even know if it's a computer science concept, but it's there's like there's a difference between data and information, and then information and knowledge. Mm. Um, so yeah. da- data is just these raw bits of location, time, whatever. So let's take the Fitbit for example, right? You've got sure. you've got these periods of activity, and that's that doesn't seem like they've got a lot of information on you. But say you don't take your Fitbit off ever, it wirelessly charges, and does mm. it starts to notice a pattern of activity at say like eleven p.m. and you go for a really quick sprint or something, and it it can tell it like really quick. <laughs> that data becomes information. That says yes. your heart rate and uh, activity is going up at this time, and that's information. And now the knowledge aspect is what I hope a lot of you have already figured out that this person's mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's the knowledge, right? That is, <clears throat> and that is. <laughs> it seems extreme, but the point is, you can make a jump from times and exercise level t- to knowing when somebody's doing something really personal and intimate. Yeah. And it may be innocuous data, but the information you can get out of that once you blow it up is once you put it under a microscope of here's a hundred copies of that data. Yeah. The consistencies and inconsistencies you can find. Yeah. And that and that is when um to to quote the great Justin McEwen, oh. that is when data becomes big data. And <laughs> you know I didn't know where get, that was going. <laughs> that's when, you know, data on a small subset on a you know, on one person, you know, if I have my Apple Watch on and I leave the house at certain intervals and I do, you know, certain things on my day, I like I go for a run on a Wednesday and I lounge about on a Sunday and on Saturday I'm up a lot later and my heart rate's a little higher. Like, that may seem like data, but suddenly they know that I have a fairly steady fitness regime. I drink alcohol on a Saturday, presumably. On Sunday, I'm presumably hungover because my location data doesn't move that much. Then, with that data amassed into either an area or a household or that kind of stuff, suddenly it's a cool. So we can fairly easily start up a you know alcohol or delivery service within that area and have it fairly successful because of X, Y, Z. And then you mass that into a city or into, you know, a capital, or even into a country in some instances, suddenly you have, like, fine-tune, like, law of averages data on a massive subset of people that is so powerful and so honed. It's like that BBC article where he has a jar of sweets with 452 sweets in or whatever, and he passes it around the office, have a guess, have a guess. Some people will be like, it's got three sweets in it, completely low. Some people, it's like 10,000. And at the end of it, he's passed it around to like 200 people. 
it he was off by like three sweets just by the law of averages like of this subset of data by averaging this out it's this sort of bell curve of probability exactly and with data with subsets of data and moving it can be positive it can be you know red lights are on for a second less in rush hour to sort of ease traffic flow because we know a lot of people on fitbit data either in their car or already at home or can be malicious and a lot of people at this time are asleep so if we were to launch an attack on their smart home systems this is when we'd they're least likely to report this to the person that could defend them kind of thing like it's scary how naive some people are with data and how big picture can scare the living shit out of you to be honest yeah so well that that all came from us kind of saying giving google the benefit of the doubt with our data right so that's our fear when we're saying they're probably not super bad like if they do just actually go through our photos for facial recognition training then like things like that like once you've looked at artificial intelligence uh, sort of things you can see so something i wanted to mention again kind of harks back to the passwords is captures so they are google training their their artificial intelligence with you reading pages like they're going oh click the pictures with fire trucks in it and they've already got some computer that thinks it can do that and it's just comparing its results to you so it can improve Mm. and it's it's wild that that's a method of authentication because it's not they're getting free labor yeah (laughs) and in whilst saying computers can't do this they're creating a computer that can so it's making people think that computers can't click a checkbox bullshit but they have made a computer to do that whilst telling us that yeah it's and the the massive amounts of apps that have come out now that um you'll see a lot of apps now that are translate apps so you hold your camera up to a menu in french yeah and it'll read it in english recaptures used to be two words one word after the other so you used to have to type the first one enter second one enter first one was an actual challenge to see if you were an actual user and you had to get it right to press enter you could put whatever you want on the second one because that was the one that was like we think our robot thinks this word is robot yeah and if you type in norbert it'll still let you pass and the robot will be like i'm not sure if it's robot anymore because it's a blurry book from an angle whatever yeah there so it, I think it's important to mention there is some level of it can't be done right now has to be there because otherwise they're not training anything. So they've got to go, right, this is definitely a human um, before they can steal that data. So there is some level of it in there, but they're creating robots that can outsmart the capture. And normally you would do that by you know manually inputting a lot of that data or yeah. paying someone to create it, but they're not. They're just putting it, here's a block so we can make our intelligence smarter. <laughs> yeah they're providing a service if if it was like accessible to everyone but like if they ever release well they have released this uh camera api and i've tried to use it recently um so for those who don't know i do a pokemon stream um and i was trying to use it to create a nice little cool dashboard where it would take a screenshot scan certain predetermined areas of the screen take the name of the pokemon 
go web scrape the relevant data that I want because the wiki is bloated because of how many games there are and how many different TV animes they're in. And if you want to go up and go, right, what level does this Pokemon evolve? That's the first line. But other than that, you've got to hunt through a really long wiki page. So I wanted to just go in, web scrape, what moves it learns, what levels it is, yada, 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 nice and clean, create a new format. But you've got to pay credits to use the OCR technology that they've created. So I trained that. Surely I should get some sort of discount. <laughs> what? So like you? I I assume they gave you like thirty free credits. Yeah, then... you get, and it it uses way more than you'd expect, sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, thirty credits. That's at least thirty uses of the app. But it's like five credits for a two hour period or something like it's yeah. it's when the servings it's on the thing say for six servings but you're going to eat it in one so that they can have green numbers yeah yeah each jaffa cake is one serving kind of bullshit like, well the uh, the most famous one of those is tic tacs so tic tacs can claim to be sugar free because by serving size they are less than the weight of sugar required to like disclose is it um, one? Is it one tick per tack? Yeah, is I think it, it's is... like one tick a serving, oh uh, sort of thing, and that means it's below the sugar rate, even though it's made of sugar. So they can call it sugar free, even though it's made of sugar, because loopholes. So it's, it, as soon as you write down the rules, somebody's going to figure out how to break them perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what lawyers are for, isn't it? <laughs> well, to 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 circle back a little bit to the passwords. Um, yeah. The Trump Twitter was hacked recently by a uh, Dutch researcher. Can you guess what password Trump used uh, oh, that was just guessed? It wasn't. It wasn't Rainbow it Table. Well. It wasn't. It, it was like password, I think, or something. Better. No capitals. MAGA. Twenty twenty. Exclamation mark. That was it. That was the password. He guessed it. No TFA. Straight up in Trump's Twitter account, tweeting to, like, he could have started a civil war. He could have, you know. If Trump can't do it, he can't. I mean, <laughs> the power, the power that you gain by gaining yeah, no, I POTUS's agree. Twitter. That's a massive sphere of influence you just gained. Stocks, wars, civil wars, you know, um, leaks post uh, like the influence that the amount of money this guy could have made just by going um buying shorts on some tesla stock and going you know um tesla tesla slot uh you know something about elon musk where it's like you know uh just seen some tesla news that really disappointing sad face elon musk sad face yeah i would do so much better winky face like a proper trumpy tweet stock would plummet because some people would buy into it. He's quids it, and the power locked behind those stupid nine characters. This this orange carrot top well, looking. He he had capitals. He had a unique character, and that did nothing for him. He had no capitals. Ah, uh, well, mega lowercase. If he had, that would have been twenty-seven factorial <laughs> more options that he would have had to go through. The thing is, the maga maga. Where's the capital, huh? There's not. No, I'm saying if you put, say, you make one randomly, that's an extra 12 times that Dutch researcher had to try. And that's only four letters. Yeah. But he's fallen into the trap. Letter first, followed by numbers, then a symbol. And the symbol isn't an exclamation mark. 
Oh man, mine totally is. Yeah. In, in, at the end of something. Yeah. Usually. Like, most people don't really want a percentage sign or a dollar sign at the end of the password because they're going to forget it. Unless they're like a hundred dollar or fifty dollar or... It brings up a really good point for security, I guess, that might be comforting for a lot of people. Um, might also just make you sad, but nobody cares about you. No one. So no security one. by obscurity. Um, like, Trump had the world's easiest to guess password and someone guessed it. Shock. But, you know, they have something to gain by hacking him. Um, by hacking your Twitter, like even if hack my Twitter, great. A hundred people aren't going to listen to you. Like, <laughs> you might get a, a retweet, but only if you wait three months so you get there. Isaac hasn't tweeted in a while. <laughs> like, that's it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Twitter hack that recently happened that really hit the headlines were... Um, the Bitcoin really kids. Poorly, yeah, it was a really well, poorly worded tweet. I about... think that's really clever because it's the other angle to what you were saying about the Trump one with the stocks. Mm. So had they gone about it that way, they might have gotten away with something because they yeah. directly went in and went, give me cash. Then it all got locked up by, by federal. But tweeting, like, they clearly got access to the account through, through the admin dashboard that Salon had given them access to, which is a massive red flag for Twitter. Just for anyone who doesn't know, basically, these two guys, I think it was two guys, they um, gained access to all of the verified Twitter accounts, basically. Not all of them, but a good amount. It was like Joe Biden, um, Elon Musk, like, big names. Kesha. Kesha. K-E dollar sign. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not a letter. It's a password. <laughs> It's not, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a great password to <laughs> great be fair. Password. Not if you're Kesha. Not if you Kesha. Oh, yeah. Maga Kesha. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. I, I, I can do oh. it. No, no. So no, the it's... two guys gained access to the admin suite through online forums, so on, uh, on Twitter staff with the verified platform, which gives them access to be able to reset all these passwords the main thing they did was they tweeted out saying um here's a bitcoin link please donate whatever you can i'll double it yes or whatever uh, i think it was even send me your money i'll send you it back double it which is hilarious because in runescape that is the go-to scam is doubling money because people yeah. for some reason go oh cool i'll trade you my money and you'll give me double back you don't need a reason to do that and they did it in real life so really good day for memes um but Cracking day for memes. The interesting part is, it looked like, at first, you were like, oh my god, all these people have been hacked at the same time. So yeah. they found a day zero in Twitter, which was the assumption. Yeah. Or, or the fear, I guess. But it turned out that these two lads had seduced someone <laughs> at Twitter, and they and just, just gave them access. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that that tool exists on Twitter is hilariously awful. Like shockingly bad just to cover the day zero thing a day zero is um in cyber security yeah cyber security terms it's a exploit that has never been seen before day zero stands for this is the zeroth day that it has ever been seen by people and patient zero in a zombie movie a day yes. zero would be the first time an attack or uh, exploit has been used yes uh common instances are like mirayo um or um 
yeah, Mirio is probably the biggest yeah. one where um, an exploit in lots of IoT things that had never been seen before, hadn't been covered, there'd never been a bug bounty, it had never been sort of um, researched or found or fixed before, and when it was used, um, it you know took control of a lot of IoT pieces of yeah. software and mounted the biggest DDoS attack since you know since ever really i mean iot insecurity is a rabbit hole we like probably can't get into definitely not. we've got not far too much <laughs> but just briefly cover the password angle if you do down get an iot device please change your password um because yes. it's one of the main problems with them is they come with a lot of default passwords there's other issues but that's the main one webcams as well um they have there's a there's a website online on the deep web and possibly normal web that um, a website um, lists all the publicly visible webcams and sort of smart cameras whether it's you know a, a security camera or a ring doorbell or whatever all of the ones with default passwords are listed there and you can just click through peep into people's homes peep through people's doors sit in their living room and watch them like goggle box but really creepy that kind of stuff like that's the level of unconsensual goggle box exactly yeah. exactly through their connect <laughs> yeah and <laughs> there's some like iot is really cool and it's exciting but there, there's a lot to be worried about as well just based on the volume of new technology i guess and like un unexplored concepts yeah so like you say the day zero and the, the an instance of everything having default passwords would be that someone twigs and goes hold on i can literally like turn this guy's heating up to 700 and like set his house on fire because i can hack into his heating because of a default password or i can turn the sprinklers on and trick the fire alarm and soak in all of it and destroying his technology because it's got the default password now the first time someone would do that would be would go hold on that's how they got in that's the day zero rather than yeah. when it was implemented because there are so many bugs and code that we use every day that we won't know about until they happen yeah because you can you can only I, I was a qa tester for a while you can only test so many cases like there's always an edge case you're missing always yeah so talking about the big big hacking social engineering yes. event where those guys stole all that money temporarily they got caught by the way yes. um does the verified feature on twitter cause any trouble do you think or is it is it good because obviously that's the platform going okay we can we can say that this person is who you think they are i think as a it has its faults i think its biggest fault is that the vast majority... Proven right here. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest fault um, socially is that it's people's biggest wish list. Like, people want to be Instagram famous or Twitter verified right. or... It gives them a, a checkbox to shoot for. Yeah. Like Twitch partner or Yeah. Whatever. And yeah. it can affect people's, you know, they've only got 20 followers on Twitter. It might affect them negatively mentally if they're not where they think they should be or they don't get the reactions right. or whatever i also think when accounts become compromised and um, the verified shows uh it it it's it almost double downs on the trust issue where you're like i trust this person is who what it says 
because of that verified not because i know who is behind that account or if it's a corporate account or if it's run by whoever but twitter's saying this person's who they say they are but it could be passed yeah. off as this person is the person you think it is which are two different so things but that's the angle i was thinking of so the idea that you're getting told by twitter that this person is safe to talk to um and that may not be the case yeah it, like budweiser the company's verified but they they could have anyone running their social media yeah. you don't need to be particularly well qualified no. um but the uh the idea that it you pointed out like i it almost creates a class system on Twitter. Um, that's really interesting because you're right, it creates this sort of social divide on social media of we're better than you. Yeah. Um, and purely because more people listen to us or where you, you should know my name. Um, yeah. that, that is very interesting as well. Um, the main reason I asked was because uh, Tinder has started doing it. <laughs> right? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and that makes a lot of sense right if you can as a company fully verify that x say you know ozzy osbourne let's just keep it nice and definitely not on tinder um this is definitely ozzy osbourne because then you're not gonna get catfished by fake robbie williams or ozzy osbourne sure. or whatever now <clears throat> that was um an issue that like it does happen um so we, we just had to do a bit of education for you before before this segment I, you didn't even realize i was prepping I didn't. it but um so there's a musician from where i'm from it's called sam fender and he was oh i've um, heard of him he was almost targeted i said you could say on tinder where people would pretend to be him sure. and try and get dates and this that and the other and then there was there was an issue with underage girls and this was like people pretending to be him pursuing underage girls sure. and like obviously that's horrific for like his image as well as the, like the people who trust him more because of they think they know him yeah um so that gives me a little bit more faith in it because it's less about the class divide side and the it is more about the trust because that's why like i say that's why i brought it up because it does give you that extra level of trust for that person whether it should or not but sure. in a case where you're planning to meet them, I think it might be better. For for the Tinder situation, I agree. Yeah, knowing that, you know, it, they essentially be like, put three fingers by your forehead to verify that you are who you say you are, and it's not just... Today's newspaper. Exactly. That kind of Reddit, roast me kind of dates, like timestamp kind of thing. But I think the term trust is where I sort of, uh, question it because it's you know Twitter or Tinder saying this person is who you think it is but it's who you think it is and not who they actually are like the person right. could look like exactly who you are but they could be verified and still a child molester or they could be a right, YouTube yeah, celebrity. These famous people could still be terrible. Exactly and yeah. like there's been an instance where a lot of people have become unverified on twitter because of um you know allegations there's been a lot on you know where members of the community have been uh preying on young, younger individuals within the community and using their sort of privilege and their sort of 
um, weight. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting argument that only really comes up, sadly, when they are like children involved. But it it kind of comes down to the sort of, I guess, the least offensive one is the Louis C.K. where it's he's using his power to like sexually assault people essentially by like masturbating in front of them, and whilst he he got consent for a lot of those situations that it was like coerced consent yeah. because obviously you look at his power and it becomes a very difficult difficult conversation yeah. but again that's like you say on tinder it just because he's famous that he got that trust yeah. this is the digital version of that this is digital privilege mm. <laughs> like to be able to say i've got a tinder check mark i'm going to be able to go on way more dates that's a tinder privilege like it's digital privilege yeah I'm, it's crazy. I'm just waiting for a BBC article called Digital Privilege, though, now. It's going to be like... <laughs> I would be honoured if the BBC is listening. No, I, I'm not saying <laughs> they've got the idea from us, but I'm just saying they love adding no, the well, word the, cyber we, or digital. They should. We thing. should say they've got the idea from us, and then we can sue them. And then, even though we'll lose that court case, people will listen. So, hey, everyone who came from the lawsuit. Hello. Did I look <laughs> dashing in court? I wore my best suit. You did. Your birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the ma- the majority of my Twitter sort of plans. The um, the verification and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's the I, the verification is really interesting because it's like I say, it's it's fake trust. Mm. It's almost like if you go on um, Google and search, you ignore the top one because it's featured by Google, and that means it's an advert. Yes, it's the same. Twitter are advertising people who are already famous and it's it's this it's almost an extension of the the stuff we used to have in schools where it was you know stranger danger you don't know this person like they may look familiar they may be the janitor from the school or they might be you know uh uh uncle's brother or you know one of your dad's friends or your auntie's hairdresser or whatever but you don't actually know who they are you know their face but not who they are as a person and online it's so much more disconnected like who a person is on the keyboard and who the face that they're putting on like you have no idea like an example although a naive and rather trivial one is i have a twitter bot that um literally is a face of a hamster i have a twitter bot that i've sort of um, added code to behind the scenes using the Twitter API, and I retweet and follow people organically using this API. I search for keywords like hashtag competition, hashtag giveaway, um, to name a couple, and I reblog, follow, interact, that kind of stuff. And I have won multiple things online because of that. I've won drawings that I have in my bedroom. This blue snowball mic worth about 50 60 quid oh you won your mic yeah i didn't know that yeah um i've won baseball caps i've won um socks hampers like um bitcoin stickers like so much stuff a budweiser crate literally today like the thing that i find most interesting about that is it's not as difficult as anyone is thinking right now to set that up But nobody's done it, and you're still getting away with it. <laughs> yeah, people are getting smarter. People are getting, like, you need to reply with your favourite Christmas memory in the comments, which kind of makes right. it, like... 
You're gonna have to pre-program your seasonal memories. Exactly. I have to be like, damn it. Well, but they all use the same thing, so I literally could go in and reply to all of them <laughs> with, "I would love because Christmas is a really special time for me and my family," and put a really generic thing that covers about because that's two. when we got my first puppy, and we always go on a walk together. Yes, and I love it with. Uh, a cold yeah. can of this in hand or, you know, playing this role-playing game. And, or... and the name of account here really helps me. Exactly. Kleenex really helps me get through Christmas. Because you can reply with their comment in there. But that's just Other a... tissues are available. <laughs> Kleenex. Cracking brand. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's... Not sponsored. <laughs> I'd love Kleenex as a sponsor of this. We aren't podcast. sponsored by any password managers or any tissue managers. Or big shadow lotions. Um, but yeah, it's just you don't know who's online. You don't know who's actually interacting with your stuff. You don't know if all your followers on the one uh, social network that you actually know who is behind the accounts is Facebook. And that is because it is deeply rooted in your friendship circle and your family circle. That's the only one. Well, we were just talking about that again, like when people are trying to obscure themselves on Facebook, they change their names quite a lot, and it makes it really difficult to find them, which is the point, but they're on my friends list, and I still can't find them. Yeah. <laughs> and teachers have to change their name because the students will not yeah. look them up, or... Um... Well, we're at that age where a lot of people are getting married, so I say a lot, like people yeah. are starting to get married, um, and names changing from that really confuses me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, if... I don't remember adding you. Click on their thing. You know the face. I'm, I know them really well. Like yeah. <laughs> I just haven't spoken to them in X years. No, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And th there's others where people are changing their names because they've been stalked or because they were in a, yeah. you know, they worked in a prison and they don't want people to find them or, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of reasons to hide yourself online. But with that same logic, there's a lot of, people trying to hide other things online and you need to like use that same logic well it, it comes back to again i think the security by obscurity like no nobody cares about you unless you give them a reason to yes exactly like you've got to put a target on your own back and whether that's trying to do something positive or trying to do something negative like we're sat here we've both said i don't have an antivirus i hope that doesn't come back to bite us but it might it's, it's in the back of my mind <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I think we've touched on it briefly before, but cancellation culture or cancel culture is another uh, super um, visible use of people's data. People are, you know, someone says a racist comment online or, you know, something slightly homophobic. Someone does a bit of research on them, phones their workplace, gets them fired and sends this tweet their way. It's public, it goes viral, the person has to get fired or the company gets hate for it you know yeah people getting losing scholarships like that nasa girl that like uh tweeted f you all i'm going to nasa for the internship yeah. the hiring manager replies without it on his twitter going you know um watch your language and she goes <laughs> no you're not like Fuck <laughs> you know you're not kind of thing and she lost a scholarship to NASA over two F words and giddy excitement, which is brutal, but. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, and that's, again, even that is one of the more positive 
ones where it is the direct cause and direct action like there are there are cases where it's assumed of you and people then go on a like a witch hunt and then try and find this data and like one of the most famous ones being when reddit thought they'd found the boston <laughs> bomber and it wasn't it was someone who'd already killed themselves but that meant that the data lined up with someone going missing at the right time and they then had led news organizations onto it and create this horrible cesspool of a situation by using a lot of information and cancelling someone before the law and due process had time to get there um and it's, it's super trivial to go straight from boston bombing back to runescape for the third time today but it's god they get a lot of drama um, there was a long-term series by one of the guys uh, on there, and it, it, it ended because he died. And people were looking, like, going, right, did he fake his death to try and create more content? And they came up with all these theories, and they did loads of, like, science to try and figure it out and prove this, that, and the other. And, like, at the end of the day, everyone was like, right, screw that guy. We don't need him anymore. He's playing with us. And then he releases his explanation video for what happened, where he had some real-life troubles that meant he had to leave his computer and he died because he left his computer because he was phoning the police that's like all he's let be public but by the he had to release that information that was super private and personal about he's having some sort of domestic issue sure. where he needed to call the police because people are cancelling him over something that shouldn't even matter yeah so like that's the part about cancel culture that really sucks like occasionally Yes, people are just taking it too far. Like, you were homophobic on Twitter when you were 12 or whatever. Yeah. Like, Kevin Hart not being I able think... to host the BAFTAs because he said <laughs> the F word, the bad homophobic F word in 2012 when he was a nobody. I'm not condoning yeah, that. Yeah, but... I, think, I think as long as you... You can't ask someone to like remove themselves from like society like where that would be like separating them just because you've been offensive before i think it's important to make sure that you understand why that's offensive and where relevant apologize like i don't think it's always necessary for an apology if it's clear but you know it's not my position to say you don't deserve an apology if you want an apology you gotta ask for yeah. it but um like a blanket one now i'm sure i've said some horrifically offensive stuff on my facebook like I occasionally delete some stuff that comes up on my time hop, yeah. uh, and I'd like to apologize for any of those that I don't realize or haven't deleted. But you know, kids are kids, and that stuff is forever. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, like I, I've occasionally, you know, you go to type a message to someone, and you just swipe back a couple messages, and it might not be an offensive thing, but it might just be like a a poor choice of words or you know a poor timing or you know uh, you you don't react in the right way and if those things were you know you're famous or more public like a facebook profile most people have it private if you don't please make your facebook profile private um but when it's in private messages or on a small per like a small relatively small facebook account you're fine people might flag it going, I've just seen this, like, I was tagging this four years ago, can you get rid of it? And you go, yeah, totally. Let me let me scrub it. Apologies, you know. We, we've, we've grown and learned. But when you're in public forums, even if you're not famous, if you, you're not your Kevin Hart's or your uh, 
you know, your Sarah Silver, uh, Silverman's that have been cancelled for saying stuff in the past online, you can still wreck your, you know, your career prospects by having these things public. Like, the number of things on TikTok I'm seeing of, like, graphic sexual content that, like, is an app that people will see forever. Like, if your grandkids search hard enough, they could find this content where you're like, I yeah, can't concentrate because I'm too horny kind of thing. And you're like, it's on that. <laughs> One super um, identifiable, no, accessible, whatever. Something I can relate to for this is like, you're at uni or whatever, and you're out drinking loads, making plenty of poor decisions, and you get up the next day, and there's somebody's posted a photo of you to Facebook, and you're smoking a tab. Sure. And you go, ah, my mom and dad are going to kill me because I've never, I would never smoke, mom or dad. Sure. But, like, you know, people try things. Like, that. that's how life works. And especially when you're drunk. Like, Mistakes most happen. people will have had a smoke. Like, you know, it's just something that happens. Um, but you wake up and you go, oh, crap, that's... I'm going to need to deal with that. The difference being, that's something that's really acute in your mind because you're trying to protect yourself from the now, but you don't realize things that are slowly changing and the internalized racism and homophobia that you don't even realize you're doing. Like, when we were at school, I'm assuming yours was the same, but, you know, different regions, like in year five, six, uh -huh, that's so gay was the go-to insult. Yes, words along the, but, that lines, yeah. Yeah, and like that's it was never in my head homophobic right it was never me going <laughs> don't want to be gay like it was never homophobic it was just the slang of the time sure. and i was 12 and i don't well 12 i was probably younger than 12 like yeah five six i don't mm. even know what that is that's ridiculously young 11 um, yeah. and i wouldn't have even had the context concept of being homophobic no like you have to be taught that, and it's some learned, of it is yeah. internalized and little, little marginalizations. So again, to talk about Twitter, they do this thing where they zoom in on pictures um, of people's faces oh. to try and make the you click on it because it's more recognizable. Now that is slightly racist because of the the way the technology works. So it uses a contrast between you and your background. So if let's say You've got a, like, if, oh, we're not going to have video, so that's not going to be a good example. But, for example, if you've got a, a, a black man and a white man on a light background, Twitter will show you the black guy because the contrast is greater between the background. Sure. But just because of the way life and photos work, you're not going to be on a white background. So, statistically, the white will pop more on more backgrounds because that's just yeah. how colors work but if you create some software that uses that mechanism to try and determine people it's marginalizing black people by accident yeah. because the software wasn't made with them in mind it now, wasn't made in racism mind but it it's was... not some someone sat going <laughs> i'm gonna make racist software that didn't happen either Oversight, but that doesn't yeah. mean the software isn't now racist sure. um and it's these kind of things that can happen by accident but no 12 year old is sat there going I'm going to make people feel bad for having a different life choice to me. That's not what's happening. No. Uh, but that doesn't mean I didn't get on Facebook too early and make some 
posts that yeah. might have used that kind of wording or nothing specific coming to mind, but I'm sure I did. Sure. Um, but that's just because it's what it was. And I think, like, again, I, d I don't have to apologize for every time I ever did that if I can say, I understand that that is wrong and we've moved on from that. Like, we're gonna we're trying to be more inclusive. I understand my mistakes. Yeah. Um, rather than specific apologies from Kevin Hart for what because he wants to host the Baftas. Yeah. <laughs> it is a tricky one because I think the undertow of this conversation is that from a young age, people need to be told that things when they're online, they're online for good, and that you know parents without. I think Facebook's been around long enough now that parents should be aware that if you've got your kid on, uh, if your kid has Facebook, have them as you as a friend, just so you can, like, you're not trying to embarrass them, you're not trying to, you know, ruin all their fun, but you can stop them making some some screenshots that could be brought up in later life or whatever, and that there have been literal suicides, like, I, I can't remember the name of the girl, but the girl that, like, held up uh, pieces of paper that was, you know, massive, uh, you know, ten lot of bullying, basically that kind of stuff. Like uh, a photo got, you know, sent of her around her school and a little bit further, and she couldn't handle it because, um, and in no way this is saying that's, uh, like it was her fault for. You it's know, not her responsibility to handle. Of it. course not. Of course it's, not. It's it's the people who are teaching her and helping her's responsibility to try and help us stay away from that situation yeah and it's, teaching the people so, who shared the image that something like, that i've learned as a dog owner right it teaches you it's like a concept not just this is how you raise dogs it's you aren't controlling the dog you can't control the dog he does what he wants to do mm. he he doesn't have a conscious brain we can't bribe we can bribe him but that's about yeah. it you control his environment so that he can't be in dangerous situations. So like you're saying with your kid, make sure accounts are private. You can, even if you're not friends, you need to be in a situation where you can kind of monitor that they're not making friends with random strangers. Yeah. But obviously these things are quite difficult to do and maintain good boundaries. Um, so it's again, it's, it comes down to education. Uh, it's, it's much about your kid understanding how to stay safe as it is like you watching them stay safe like it's something that i found really jarring recently was i realized that back in first school in primary or whatever wherever you went we would hear like in assembly they'd be now be careful there's a flasher or something never had that <laughs> never had no. it okay i'm worse a couple times well so but we would go hey way way and now i'm 20 X, mm. I don't know, 24, you go, holy shit, that was a sex predator hanging around a first school. But as kids, we were like, wait, you're going to see a willy, wait, because we didn't have that concept. Yeah. Um, and you can't put too much on the kids, because I guess that would be fear. That's why it becomes You're listening you to the Sigh Brothers. Not understanding you're listening to the situation is going to get side brothers situations. Yeah. And I think a conversation like that nowadays with surveillance and all that kind of stuff like there'd be police patrols there'd be cctv on the, yeah. the buildings like uh, 
but like as a society we have progressed so that hopefully a conversation where kids have to be told that there's a flash nearby hopefully can happen but it can happen as a there's been a man seen in bloody blah location and if you see him please you know tell your parents or return to the school ground immediately and you know you know Con- constructive advice not just watch out there's willies about yeah. <laughs> watch out there's willies about <laughs> like we we had a uh i went to secondary school in um a place called crosby in liverpool and there's a famous uh, person that everyone in liverpool knows called purple Aki, who um was a uh, large burly uh, african-american guy who liked to squeeze muscles he went up to kids on the street and asked to squeeze their muscles and you know has been to court multiple times for taking you know uh, advantage of people in changing rooms and all this kind of stuff and, and a very creepy guy that like had weird things to do with that but without the sort of education of you know if anyone asks you this stranger danger kind of thing you, you you're not like it, in an assembly, if someone went, right, there's a guy outside who, uh, here's a photo of them, if you see this guy, return to the school office or tell your parents kind of thing. It's easy because it's, you know, cool, see this, I, I'm sure. Whereas, you know, online, that guy could be an account called, you know, uh, Josie Stevens with a girl your age as a profile picture standard bio lots of posts chatting with them and get the exact same thing if not more from you in that situation and there's no way that can be said in an assembly like there's an account online that's watch out for josie simmons yeah like maybe we shouldn't do a real name yeah sorry sorry josie simmons (laughs) you're nonce (laughs) no that makes sense yeah it's you can't give too much specific information yeah well you also then don't know what level of education the kids have outside of school unless it's part of the curriculum sure. um and then you've got to figure out what age is it okay to tell kids about online sex predators whenever um, they're online would be my yeah and the rules tend to be 13 to be online and in chat rooms but if parents aren't going to obey that then well, kids have got iPads in, in their hands kids are in danger yeah five now. exactly like... exactly uh, so i've got a new foster sister um and she's seven and loves her iPad. And I'm not saying that's inherently dangerous, but if you don't know what's going on there and you're not aware of the possible risks, it can be. If it's games, um, I wouldn't say inherently dangerous. If it's anything else, if it's any socials, I would say... <laughs> oh, yeah. I think a, a, another episode of this will have to go into mental health regarding technology and regarding socials, but I think it's... Um, it's a it's a tricky yeah. one. Oh. It's wary. Well, just as a another reminder, um, we are just two random blokes chatting out of our asses. So we will leave some resources for good cybersecurity practice in the description. Yes. Um, somewhere you can learn a bit of more official knowledge just to be safe. Yeah. Um, There's lots of great resources online. If anything we've said has worried you or anything, yes, <laughs> there'll be some resources to try and help with that. And if you've got any questions, like I say, cybrothers at gmail.com. Yep. Let us know. Drop us a question. Um, 
but I think that's all we've got time for this week. It is. So thanks everybody for listening. Hope you made it this far in. Yeah, thank you so much. He's been Isaac. And Andrew. And me. Bye guys. Ha <laughs> ha!